0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What?, a comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not so solitary fortress. That is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Spooky is as spooky does, and Graham McMillan and I are like two ghosts wearing bowler hats in this, our last podcast episode for October. If we are not chilling your blood with recounting the announcements of DC fandom, or freaking you out with our overview of the Scott Snyder books from... Comicsology Unlimited, we are doing the Monster Mash on the Jason Aaron run of Avengers, holding a mad monster party for the finale of the Immortal Hulk, or throwing sheets over our heads and yelling, Boo! At Wonder Woman Day. As always, we welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Lesser! Gram McMillan hello finally
1: finally it works what nuts this is our third attempt to do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh huh uh huh because technology because technology does
0: not like us <laughs> yes yeah it's one of those things where i just oh boy so frustrating but we got it licked And just in time, too, because it's it's wait what time, the time where you and I sit and look at what's happening in comics in the world today and go, wait, what? So.
1: (laughs) Finally, the name of the podcast is explained.
0: I know, like only close to a decade (laughs) in, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right on time. It's like people have been
1: watching Lost for years and then finally find out that it is Limbo. Mm-hmm. and then it's it's like that except for the origins of our podcast name. hi everyone hello uh
0: Graham Mcmillan. I feel like of course um hmm I f- I feel weirdly like this podcast is this particular episode is important, and yet i don't I don't really know why I mean I know that there's some things that it that um it, we can and should talk about, but also at the same time, I, I find myself, um, uh eh, I don't know. Just, just sort of, I, I feel I've psyched myself out about this particular episode. I'm super curious. Why? I don't know. I think maybe because next week is a skip week and it's my birthday. And I don't know for sure if we've done like just a straight three or we've done, you know, four in a row or what's going on, but yeah, no, I I don't know, but I know it may well be that there was um, last week, as you and the listeners may know, we recorded a rock, and yet it seemed like kind of the perfect time to record a Wait What in a way, because I think there was that weird sort of uh, perfect mix of oh, there's some interesting news like DC Fandom, and um, there were some comics that were kind of exciting to talk about that, you know, sometimes when they strike and they're hot and you're like, oh my God, I want to talk about this thing. And then two weeks later, I'm like, um, uh... <laughs> what was that again? Okay,
1: I've got to ask, because you said Fandom. Um, a week later, and mm-hmm. this is not meant as a diss of DC fandom at all. But A, what do you remember about DC fandom? And B, does any of it really seem like something that you're like, well, that's something everyone was talking about after the fact. I mean, maybe the Batman trailer, but that feels
0: like it. I, you know, I, I mean, I don't... So here's the thing. I felt weirdly like the DC fandom, the first one, which was... Uh, seemed to be sort of a surprise hit in um, probably because everyone was more ready to do a virtual con than people were prepared yes, or yes, something. That's true. Right. So they both seem to have from my strangely like sometimes I feel with comics news, I'm literally not on the same planet. You know, I'm on a different planet with like um, a lesser gravity. You know, so so it's really hard for me to tell if it's got the same impact because everything it's not quite weightless, but everything feels sort of feather light. Like I feel like um I so for me part of me was like, Wow, people actually paid attention to the first DC fandom, you know, like that kinda of blew my brain. And then the second fandom sort of felt like Everyone and their dog was talking about that Batman trailer, but I also saw like a lot of, if nothing else, enough goofing or riffing on DC fandom the second time around that at least felt like people were watching. Like they got the eyeballs of maybe. I, I will tell you. That
1: people were watching. Uh, I got an email on Monday that says that this DC Phantom was th- literally three times more successful than the first one. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They had 66 million views. Holy shit! Right, right.
0: So it's
1: worth pointing out that this DC Phantom was also like half as long as the first DC Phantom,
0: mm. and I'm sure those two things are not unconnected. Yes, yeah, I think that's probably true. I, I you know, I think. For, for me, um, the thing that I, I walked away with apart from strangely confused sexual feelings about Ezra Miller is, I, I think, just kind of a weird, like, um, DC DC's PR people, DC's marketing team feels strangely robotic in a way that... I'm not sure whether Marvel's does or doesn't, but like um, there was a lot of like both for the flash and for black Adam, there were these introductions. And in the case of the black Adam one, it was like an introduction to the introduction and, and just this, it was this weird mishmash of fan speak and, weirdly corporate double talk you know what i mean like you know like i really feel that there is a positioning that some of the people involved in the dc universe uh film universe are trying to hit and and uh, you know dwayne johnson is kind of like i think he spent such a long time being the rock that now that he is dwayne johnson and a big star he kind of has to talk a little bit like i guess his kayfabe is that he's a big star who's interested in his career you know what i mean like he was like i know that this presented something special for me a once in a lifetime opportunity to reach synergistic branding and intercorporate you know i was just like what are you, what are you saying it felt it felt weirdly um it felt cult like but not kind of
1: <laughs> you're like not the fun cult like yeah
0: exactly not the fun cult like but the weird like people are really going to be pushing you really hard to write a check at about 20 minutes kind of cult it-
1: It felt – that and the Ezra Miller one feels very much like um, quasi-like the Hall H presentations, but weirdly enough, more like something like CinemaCon. Uh Uh-huh. Where they're they're kind of doing the weird uh, – like almost trying to sell the people who are going to sell the audience on the material, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You know, and it's like, hey – I'm excited, and you're excited to get butts and seats to see the Flash in 23. Yes. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I think that I think that's it. I think maybe you've nailed it because I haven't, I haven't seen those things. Um, but but of course, I have read about them. And that, yeah, that sort of it sort of feels like it was double duty. You know, they were doing double duty. You know what I mean? Like they could swap out. 30 seconds of what Ezra Miller was saying or, or Dwayne Johnson was saying instead of them talking about the movies they're like, we're very excited about the toy lines coming to the shelves this Christmas in 2022 the man in black is gonna be the biggest toy also, on the no, rack, it, it, you like, know
1: I, What's funny is I always think that's just how The Rock sounds for want of a better way of putting it Yeah You know, I, I, I always think that that's the tone of The Rock.
0: Right. Like I've
1: never seen The Rock do an interview where he sounds like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, right. He sounds like he's doing The Rock.
0: He sounds right? like he, right, exactly. Yes, exactly. Except and
1: part of me's like, but that's just that's
0: just him. That's just him, <laughs> exactly. No, and totally true. And he said things, and so it was, it was interesting. Like I watched it twice because I think the first time. I literally the lead up to the the Black Adam teaser w- felt like s- with him talking and of course Pierce Brosnan being like I've been paid paychecks before but I've never been paid a paycheck like I have on this set you know and and then you then you get into Dwayne Johnson and like I said it was only the second time that I actually saw the clip but the second time, a not only was was he doing a great job of reading off his teleprompter, Dwayne Johnson, but he was staring so intently at trying to read it that it's it's a little un, <laughs> a little unnerving. Like I I feel like it was unnerved on multiple levels about um about about that Black Adam trailer and again that whole like oh, the Man in Black like I was like. Wow, so we're going to try and make that a thing. You know what I mean? I think that's the other thing. Who knows? I've not been reading Black Adam comics for, like, a good long time. Like, a, you know, but I don't remember. I, I, this is this is not a joke. Have there been many Black Adam comics? Well, see, no, that's, I mean, that's kind of, uh, so here's my thing. I, he is a character that I very much associate with, um, jeff johns at dc so i remember reading his jsa stuff and i remember black adam's pretty sizable role in 52 and then i i think you would know better than i but isn't he like at the he plays a big part in forever evil or no does he
1: not I mean, he he is in Forever Evil. I would say playing a big part is a massive overstatement. But as someone who recently has reread Forever Evil, I don't think anyone plays a big part in Forever (laughs) Evil, including the characters who play a big part in Forever Evil. Wow. Like, it is almost... uh, If someone could create a comic that simultaneously features characters and is uh, impossible for characters to be featured in, it would be Forever Evil. Mm, mm -hmm. So Black Adam certainly shows up in that comic, Mm -hmm. but it's far from like a Black Adam comic.
0: Okay. Well, having not read it, I didn't know. I kind of had that moment of like, oh, it would make really a lot of sense for him to be kind of in that centerpiece of Forever Evil. Like I would, I think it makes sense to make him more of a bigger part of that story. Um but no, I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, and in fact, the Black Adam movie, the fact that they were all like, "I'm Hawkman, I'm Adam Crusher, I'm Doctor Fate," I'm like, are we just? Did Jeff Johns just like, you know what I mean? It's like Black Adam, a once in a lifetime movie for Dwayne Johnson, you know, adapted from JSA issues fifty-five through sixty-one by Jeff Johns and David Goyer, you know, like it felt, it, it all felt weirdly like. Flim flammy, I think, for me. But, uh, but yeah, there, were, there was just kind of that thing of, you know, like, I just, I, I, I was getting strong poochie vibes off of it, if you know what I mean. Like, there just felt like there was a real strong emphasis on, like, oh, Black Adam, everyone loves Black Adam. This is a once in a lifetime chance for Dwayne Johnson because he's always been a fan of the man in black. And I'm just like, that, That's never really been a thing, has it? You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels vaguely... He's a big fan
1: of Johnny Cash. Right! Because
0: of that. Right!
1: And so it just has that weird... thought he was making the Dark Tower film,
0: and no one's had the heart to tell. (laughs) There's just something that's kind of... It's just weird when people are like, okay, we've zeroed in on, you know the cool nickname for the guy. And now we're going to like start using it in the early pre-promo material. So it's going to, it's going to be a thing. And it just, I don't know. It just, uh, there was a little too much of like, I felt like I was watching clones humping or something. It was just, it it, it was like, I, I had a real body horror version thing watching some of those DC fandom things. And it's it says something telling about how limited I am that I just watched a couple of movie things. Like I didn't dive that deep into whatever else there was, which I'm kind of hoping you can fill me in on, apart from, you know, again, the Legion of Super Pets, again with Dwayne Johnson. Um and uh I you know, like I'm like no, the League of Super Pets, right? They didn't go with the Legion of Super Pets, it's the League of Super Pets, right? Or is it Legion? No, it's league. It's I it think. Is the league. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm fairly sure it's
0: league. I am. I am too. But of course, I'm thrown off thanks to actual DC history. So exactly. Thanks. Thanks to the Legion actually being a thing. Uh, I'm trying
1: to look up the the, the actual uh, yeah. email that they sent me with the news because there was there was a bunch. Is the thing right? There actually was a lot of stuff that was that was in there that was interesting. Right. Right. Uh, that. That kind of got ignored, right? Uh, okay, so there was the movie stuff, and the movie stuff was the movie stuff. Like the Batman trailer was fine; mm-hmm. like it, it did the job. It, mm-hmm. it it was certainly a trailer for a Batman film, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. There
1: was like there was some random TV news, like the Flash has got gold boots. In, his, right. in the new season of the show Was actually something to send out to press Right, right Which is, I mean, just amazing to me Because <laughs> he's always had like yellow boots And now it's gold I, I you know, what the fuck um, The most interesting TV news for me Is that Doom Patrol gets a fourth season Right I love Doom Patrol a lot I'm really loving this third season That's happening right now I know you've not watched I really would like you to watch. (laughs) I think you'd like it. Um, The strange thing is, looking at where the show is now, I wouldn't be surprised if you started watching the first few episodes and you're like, yeah, this isn't for me. Because the show, to my mind, gets more weird and more interesting in the second season. Mm,
0: uh uh Um, It also
1: gets more frustrating because the second season doesn't have a final episode. Mm, uh Because of COVID. Right. And so the first episode of the third season is clearly the uh, last episode of the second season.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, in that, like it literally picks up where it left off and just s- s- tries to finish everything off as quickly as humanly possible. Right. Um, but that show getting the fourth season is honestly great. Uh, I am sure it will not feature Michelle Gomez, who is one of the 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 main actors in the third season, but also the antagonist of the third season and that's a big shame because Michelle Gomez is always a thrill and it's great that Doom Patrol this year has two separate Glaswegian villains It makes can really really happy that's excellent <laughs> one of them from Space Glasgow but uh, it doesn't matter I, I am very very happy wow. that there is such a, a Scottish contingent also this is the season where they do uh, The Brain and Mishir Mala Ooh. Yeah, for real. Oh, Michelle Gomez is playing Madame Rouge. Ah. Uh yeah, but it's 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 very fun. Um the the publishing news. Yes. The, there was the announcement of the uh the new Gene Yang series.
0: Mm. Uh mm-hmm. Monkey
1: Prince, which is his original original character. Original character based on the Monkey Prison mythology. So original like Thor's original character. Yes. Um who first appeared in the uh, Festival of Fears one-shot earlier this year, mm. uh, is getting a 12-issue series, which wow. is kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jin Yang and Bernard Chang are going to be the creative team for that. And they not only announced that series last weekend, they put up like a 10-page prologue on DC Universe. Oh, wow. Uh, which is kind of great, which shows that they are, they are supporting it in a way that is honestly unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about that I don't know if you when the last time you signed into DC Universe Infinite is but it's got the first issue of the Robins miniseries from the one DC
0: Round Robin on there as well oh does it Oh, that's yes. interesting oh you know it's funny I did see them say something about Robins and I'm like I should check this out what is it why does this ring a bell you know So it's the winner of, of DC Round Robin mm. and it's,
1: it's up on there and I feel that happened with very minimal publicity right but it's, yeah, uh, both the Monkey Prince one-shot and the the Robins thing are both on DC Universe Infinite right now.
0: Well, i got to tell uh, you, they are not easy to find. well um, oh, they're right there on the front page. Uh, not for me, but,
1: Monkey you know. Prince, Monkey Prince at least has also one of the headline banners, the scrolling headline banners.
0: Um, uh, not for me on the app. It's all Wonder Woman stuff uh i don't know what to
1: tell you because i also only sign in on the app so if i've seen it it's there
0: <laughs> i say look now you liar yeah,
1: I now because don't forget we had wonder woman the other day yes what, what i think that's did. it yeah 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 yeah. Now, yeah after wonder woman day it's it's yeah it's all wonder it's, woman stuff it's not it's all wonder woman now. Oh, okay um, all right it is there anyway and it's it's all worth looking at um they also announced the uh wonder woman crossover which is happening in January, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is a crossover between the Wonder Woman comic with the Wonder Girl comic and the Newbie and the Amazons comic, um, which actually technically starts with Newbie and the Amazons first issue that came out this week mm. uh, because there's a, a slew of Wonder Woman material released this week because this week was also Wonder Woman Day, mm. that, that annual everyone remembers its celebration of Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I say that, but this year was a Wonder Woman's 80th anniversary, and B D C DC sent out uh, to press a box of Wonder Woman comics, uh, oh, and so that's I exciting. I really did read it, and I will be talking about that stuff later. Uh-huh. Um, maybe the most interesting publishing-related announcement at DC fandom, though, was the Milestone Initiative, which is DC Milestone and something co- uh, and Warner's Warner Media are named in the press release Independently, and something called Ally, which I don't know what it is um it is uh, essentially like a a talent development program, and so people who get selected are going to be uh, getting one week in person training at d c s Burbank offices and then an eight week virtual course with the kubert school hmm. which feels honestly kind of like a a good thing yeah. You know, I I've, I've seen Bleeding Cool already making fun of it, but A, that's bleeding cool, and B, that's bleeding cool. You know? <laughs> but it's I, I think I think that's I think it's hard to make fun of something where which is like, hey, you know it'd be great, less straight white people in comics. Mm-hmm. Let's let's try and actually put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. So A, I hope that programme continues for a while and it's not just like a one off thing to, to try and get publicity. And B, I hope many people get selected for it. Milestone also announced that I think they gave the cover of the first Milestone omnibus um, that was there and talked about a new Blood Syndicate series that's coming out as part of the relaunch. Oh, wow. Um, And the last thing I can think that they did is they they did the the poster release of Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer from The Sandman Show. I think that's the only other thing they announced. Mm. And to everyone's surprise, it looks like Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, right. It, it, it's such, it's one of those things where it's, it's, you know, first look at Gwendolyn Christie, and it's literally a portrait of Gwendolyn Christie's head. Right. So it's not even like costume. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, it's Gwendolyn Christie. So, mm. great. Congratulations, yes. everyone. <laughs> well well done. She is recognizable. Yes, she yeah. looks like herself. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that was that was fandom. But, but to get back to what I was saying before, like, Again, with the exception of the of the, the Batman trailer, I kind of feel like fandom, while clearly getting a big audience, you know, a week later has pretty much faded from everyone's mind, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: which is, in, in some respects, a shame. Like, I think more people should have talked about milestone initiative. I wish more people was talking about uh, the Monkey Prince or Monkey King series, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but But they're not. <laughs> right. Well and, and I think that is I, I suppose to my mind is um I don't know. I, I'm I'm clearly part of the problem since all I talked about and the only thing I tuned in for were the movie things and I should have dug in a little deeper. Um and I I don't necessarily know if there's a way that DC can counter program for that you know um i did kind of feel like some of the fandom ads perhaps unsurprisingly leaned very heavily into the live action and the animation stuff and then if you kind of peeked, you're like oh oh oh, yeah i think that's a jim lee okay yeah Yeah,
1: there was literally like a jim lee um green lantern and jim lee wonder woman i think that's eight for comics characters on the the poster
0: Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of like... And I had to look for them, kind of, it felt like. I mean, admittedly, they're near the center, but there's a lot of stuff going on and they they were just comparatively a little dinky. But yeah, kind of kind of an odd thing. Was there a Jon Stewart announcement at DC no. Fandom? Hmm. No, no, there was not. <laughs> okay, interesting. All right, because you'd think um, that would be something they would have going on there but who knows maybe 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 something fell through uh, yeah so DC fandom um, but like you said 60, one thing I thought that was interesting and this may be part of the, uh, the the gap the dissonance is like you said it's 66 million people worldwide and there were definitely the sense in the presentations I saw that it was like this is Come going to people around the world, and so oh yeah, they,
1: they even had like a separate, uh, like Southern Hemisphere after-party programming. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No. 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 They and uh, to be fair, last year's fandom they basically ran it twice in a twelve-hour period, so the people in the Southern Hemisphere could get it as well and did mm-hmm. not stay up.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so I do think that it could well be that the impact is going to be really big in social media circles or outlets, possibly, that I'm not a part of or don't follow or maybe even don't speak the language of. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was. It felt a little weird, and like I said, there. I'm really glad. I feel like you really put your finger on it. Uh, the presentations just—I could not figure out why they seemed so um, weirdly corporate, openly corporately synergistic. And I think, I think you, I think you've made a. a perfect analogy for me to wrap my brain around it so i don't feel like there's a lot i feel like one of the last time when we last talked towards the end of the Drock, i felt like you were like oh boy dc fandom boy we could talk about that all night um did you have to like watch the whole thing or anything like no, that no
1: I, I i i didn't and i was very glad to the last year i did uh, uh-huh. But this year, no longer being with THR in the way I was, I didn't have to watch the whole thing. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of grateful for it, uh-huh. you know, both for personal reasons, like, you know, a lot of shit has been happening and I was glad to not be in front of the computer for four hours. Right. Uh, but also, having done it last year, it's, it's a marathon. Like, it genuinely is. The way they do it is, you know, essentially one continuous program. Right. They don't they want you to get and up. and out. They, yeah, yeah, they don't want you to leave. Right. So they'll be like, you know, we know you're all tuning in for Batman, but you you know we know that Batman is going to be kept until the end, but we're not going to tell you when that is. And we're also going to drop, you know, Flash, Black Adam, other things in the middle of the programming just to make sure you're still paying attention. But mm-hmm. then you'll be like, here's 20 minutes on, you know, some cosplayer who dressed up as Batwoman for the first time or something like that you know uh-huh. uh, and it it makes for a, a tiring watch and uh-huh. it also makes for a somewhat chaotic watch uh-huh. if because with the exception of you know massive DC super fans fans who like everything that DC puts out uh-huh. in every medium uh-huh. nobody really wants to watch all of that right you know, like, it's, it's, it's just too much. And so I'm, I was glad to not have to watch it all this time. This year, uh, I actually got to see the Batman trailer early. Mm. I got an embargoed copy uh, as press. Uh-huh. And so I got to see the Batman copy the, the day before.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and I got a, a bunch of the embargoed news the day before. And you can kind of tell from that, the timing of the show, if that makes sense. Because they were like, this is embargoed until for example, the Batman trailer was embargoed until one thirty seven PM. <laughs> right. And and like all the news was like it's like, you know, this is embargoed until twelve oh eight. This is embargoed. And so you're like, okay, I can kind of tell mm-hmm. what wh- what your schedule is. I can kinda of tell what what you're planning. Yeah. Um But it's I did not have to watch the whole thing, and I was glad I didn't. Um, Even just doing the the Embark Batman thing the day before was, like, weird and overwhelming. And the idea of spending four hours in front of the computer, just like, you know, trying to pay attention to all this, not only from a fan perspective, but also, like, from a work perspective, just seemed... Nightmarish, to be
0: blunt. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm glad that it was uh, a fate you escaped in that sense. Um, you know, nonetheless, you still seem very, very up on on what's happening.
1: Well, like I said, I, I got emails. Like, sure. I got, yeah. I got announcements for everything they announced. I got a separate email for everything they announced. It comes in
0: handy. Comes in handy. And other... Other comics news from the well, week or it, it two was week Wonder period? it right. was
1: Wonder Woman Day this week.
0: Mm-hmm. My ass. Uh, how how did you celebrate? Uh I celebrated by not knowing about Wonder Woman Day. Well, um, it was Thursday. I hope you did something wonderful on Thursday. I you know, I did. I did. I believe I that might have been the day that I retweeted Linda Carter. Um, I mean, that would explain why you retweeted Linda Carter. <laughs> yes. Actually, I thought that was a good tweet, so it was worth retweeting. Uh, Interestingly enough, I do have to give... I I give DC credit. Without knowing that it was Wonder Woman Day, I retweeted Linda Carter. I picked up, although I have not read them, uh, two of the free Wonder Woman issues Which One of which was titled Wonder Woman Day Special Edition, and because it says that on the cover, but it says Wonder Woman number one, and it was free, I somehow managed to download this without knowing that it was Wonder Woman Day. Um, That sounds impressive to someone. I'm not sure. It it probably doesn't... Is
1: that the one that's the first part of um, Ruckus Rebirth?
0: Uh, I guess so. I mean, it's oh, on, no.
1: on the cover, it's got Wonder Woman close up, and she's got her. She's doing the the like yeah. arms crossed. Yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. one. So yeah, it, that's a reprint of the the first issue of uh, the Rucka
0: Sharp run. Got it. Okay, so there's that, and there was Tempest Tossed, um, which I also downloaded. Still hadn't read, and I purchased. Um, Wonder Woman The Golden Age uh, Volumes 2 and 3 I already had Volume 1 uh, Digitally um, For, you know, a pretty Decent price so, so, I, so mission accomplished, really Yeah, if you think about it It's kind of the Kind of a win-win I th- In the sense for DC of like Did I do Wonder Woman related Things? I did. Did I know That it was some wacky 80th anniversary promotional thing. I I didn't. And so that either sort of speaks of, you <laughs> exactly. know. Did it work
1: or did it not?
0: Right, exactly, right. I'm like, on the one hand, Wonder Woman's woven enough into my life that I did those things without really going out of my way to. You know, so on the one hand, you would consider that a win. But on the other hand, you know, in terms of like, you know, calling up the people in my department and saying, hey, happy Wonder Woman Day. Spin slowly in slow motion and I'll give you the day off, you know, kind of thing. I did not do that. So I love that. And um, let me tell you what DC sent. Uh, oh, yes.
1: Uh, I got the Tempest Toss and the special edition reprint of the Ruckeron. In right. print. Yes. I also got Wonder Woman Black and Gold issue five in print. Uh, the... Sp- Free Diana Princess of the Amazons uh, preview of the the uh, Young Reader graphic novel. Uh-huh. Wonder Girl issue 4, New Beat in the Amazons issue 1, Wonder Woman issue 780, which is the current issue, and the Adventures of Young Diana special, mm. the 80 page special. Um, mm-hmm. They're all there. Also, I should say, in support of fandom, last week I got the Wonder Woman 80th anniversary imprint as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So, also, they've sent me a lot of Wonder Woman comics. And here's the thing, Jeff. Yes? They're good. Oh, good. Like, I say this as someone who has been quietly enjoying the, the current Wonder Woman run for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, and Travis Moore is doing the art for the most part. Um, and it's been... I, I, I'm suspecting you have not been paying attention to it. Uh, One, no. Wonder Woman dies at the end of
0: uh, Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Sort of, it's, yeah. No, she she kind of dies she she um, read richards at the end of secret yes, wars it basically yes,
1: yeah. Yes. uh and instead of canceling the book the one woman book for up until this month has been about one woman essentially in the afterlife mm-hmm. uh, sorting shit out like she goes to valhalla and she, shit is fucked in valhalla and then she ends up going through the multiverse before coming back uh-huh. And it has been a fun way of basically doing Wonder Woman stories while keeping Wonder Woman entirely separate from the DC Universe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which has which has been a lot of fun. And then this issue, the one that comes out, strangely enough, at the same time as Wonder Woman Day, is her returning to the DCU. Mm. And so you get basically a lot of guest shots of people being like, oh my God, you're alive! Um, it's all very fun. And it's all... I hadn't realized until this issue... Uh, and also, I didn't realise till honestly, I was looking at it in print, how good an artist Travis Moore is. Huh. Travis Moore uh, is, on one hand, doing... I feel there's a new school of superhero art. That, uh, that you know, you can put Travis Moore in there, you can put um, David... Oh, God, what's his name? David Messina? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? Um the guy who did the first issues of Batman Superman with Josh Williamson, and before that, he did uh, a lot of stuff with Bendis at Marvel. David Marquez, is that David Marquez, yes. Yeah. That's entirely who it is, David Marquez. Okay. Um, you can put him in there as well. You can kind of put like, Clay Man in there, if Clayman mm-hmm. was a bit better at faces. Um, and, and, so Travis Moore ver- fits very well into that sort of brackets but i think his character acting i think his faces are actually surprisingly good and are actually surprisingly subtle
0: Mm.
1: in that Uh and and so it makes an issue like this new issue wonder woman which is a lot of wonder woman gets back and is happy to see people and people are happy to see her but it's complicated he sells that it's complicated surprisingly well You know, which which sells the issue. Without right. that, it would have been a problem. But he manages to get that across in a way that's really nice. It's also nice that for about five pages, CPU is drawing it. Because it's a long story. It's a double size issue. um Pugh draws five pages where Wonder Woman goes back to Pirate Island. And Pugh is very much drawing like themselves. But there is not a massive disconnect. Mm. The art flows really well between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, which was also nice to see. And I also feel that if you could, your art stands up to Steve Pugh, then you're doing something right. Right. You know? Um, so that's fun. The Wonder Woman Adventures of Young Diana special is, ironically, the comic that you're looking for for your nieces like three years ago.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's Jordi Belair and... Oh, God, I can't remember the artist's name. The artist's name is Paulina Genuccio. Hmm. canoesio um and they are doing essentially superboy but for wonder woman Hmm. they're doing young reader wonder woman stuff it's diana on paradise island solving adventure uh, solving mysteries that that sounds great you know and what's so this has actually been a um, backup strip in the wonder woman book for the last few months and it's a collection of all that material but the fun thing is it ends with a this is continuing next year Mm. thing and it's like yeah if you want to do like you know every you know three four months a new issue of this great I think that'd be great I think that'd be super fun and I do think there's an audience for it Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. you know I think the idea of creating this material for kids seems like a no-brainer you know yeah, definitely. Like just Very much so. Adventure mm-hmm. material of young Wonder Woman, I think, is is again just seems smart. Yeah. Newbie and the Amazons is the one that's gotten all the press this week, which I don't know if you've seen people talk about on Twitter or not.
0: Uh, I did be- because of the trans woman Amazon, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. So there's a whole new um, sort of mechanic. For, for Paradise Islands, which is women who have been killed by men on Earth, human women who have been killed by men on Earth, can be reborn on Paradise Islands as Amazons. Mm, that's uh, nice. and, and by introducing, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but by introducing this character for the first time, and she tells her story, it's clear that this mechanic, uh, Bia is her name, I'm looking right now. Um, it Bia is is a uh, a trans woman who who basically was accepted by the the mechanic of Paradise Island,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so Paradise Island it says yes, trans woman or woman, right, right. Which honestly is great, like yeah. it's just a, a wonderful thing, a really yeah. really nice thing to see, uh, and I'm glad it got the reception that it got. Mm-hmm. You know, at a time when. You know, John Kent is bisexual. Has people just losing their fucking minds? Uh, it was nice to see that there
0: was whoa, a... whoa, 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 whoa. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought that, that would be totally <laughs> great. I'd be like, roll, <laughs> like, roll that back. What is the who?
1: <laughs> I really, I, I fell for it, Jeff. I honestly thought you hadn't heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that, that, it was nice to see that not get pushed back. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely
1: um let's see wonder girl is is fine um i am surprised after liking the future issue so much how honestly not that bothered i am by the wonder girls title now Mm. um and i'm not sure i'm not sure what the disconnect is because i think i don't think the book has changed i think i've changed Hmm. and i don't don't know what's different Mm -hmm. um And the the, um, free stuff is all essentially, you know, advertisements for graphic novel collections or or graphic novels. And and as such is fine, but Mm -hmm. feels very incomplete. But also, can you really complain about that with a free comic?
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Black and Gold is another of the DC anthology, short story anthology things of which your mileage may vary. But there's yes. a, a Trung, there's a Trungles book, a Trungles story in there, and so therefore, hooray, Trungles, uh, art writer artist of the Magic Face, uh, Magic Fish, Magic Fist, um, and their, their art's just lovely. Trung, mm. Trungling Nguyen, ah. uh, and their their stuff's just, I mean, really really beautiful, uh, and so it it is automatically a highlight, you know. Um and it, did you see the eightieth anniversary of Wonder Woman issue? No. Gemma, it's it's really nice. It's a really nice proper celebration of Eighty Years of Wonder Woman in that every story is basically uh inspired by or set in a different decade of the character's existence.
0: Ah, that seems like a very smart idea. That's nice.
1: Uh, Mark Wade of all people. Uh Mark Wade and uh Jose Luis, uh Luis Garcia Lopez do the 60s one. Ooh, I uh, mean, maybe it should they, have been
0: they, the 70s, but... Ooh. Seven, oh, sorry, it's, they do the
1: 50s one, because it's, cause it's uh, Justice League. And then 60s one is uh, Depowered Wonder Woman by Tom King and Doc Shaner. And Doc Shaner's art in that is fucking lovely. Wow, that would be great. Like, lovely. Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. really, really amazing. Uh, and honestly, worth the price of admission, you know, by its on its own, yeah.
0: it's really good. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really um, uh, enticing. So yeah, that's 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 a Wonder Woman rundown, Jeff. Thank you, thank you for that Wonder Woman beat walk there. Uh...
1: <laughs> it's funny I did that, and then uh, this morning I I uh, woke up much earlier than I expected, and basically reread all of this action comics material since future state now that you know it's it led to superman is fucked off like clark kent's fucked off right um and to start the the war world saga um and again i know that's not a book you've been paying attention to it's a book that uh and this is not uncommon at marvel or dc these days works much better when you read all the chapters together because in later issues they don't really give you the context that you need unless you remember everything that happened three issues mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really strange. Uh, I wonder what history is going to make of its take on on Superman and Superman's political stance in the DC universe and on the DC Earth. Hmm. that I'm like, uh, I, feel there's, I feel there's a lot of gimme here, if that makes sense. I feel there's a lot of, you know, this doesn't really make sense, but we need to get Superman to this point. And so this will happen.
0: Now, as you know, uh, or I assume you know, uh, I did not realize that Superman and the Authority was essentially a lead-in to that storyline. Um, yes,
1: and let me tell you, as someone who has been reading action comics this entire time, um, it's actually very uh, – it's fair to say that it's difficult to make those versions of Superman play together. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, which is funny because Superman and the Authority leads into the Batman slash Superman Authority special, which is coming out, I think, next week. Or oh, two really? each, Huh. Which then leads into the next issue of Action Comics, both of which are written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who is the writer of Action Comics for all this time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? hmm I, I really liked Superman and the Authority a lot, even with the fact that it basically ends with, um,
0: you know, I now read another comic. <laughs> well, I, I think there was the... Na- I, for me, I had a very strange... Um, like, I very much, like, the first issue, I'm like, oh, I didn't think I would like this, I like this. Second, I'm enjoying it a lot. Third, oh, wait, next issue's the conclusion? And then it was like, the conclusion! And I was like, uh, and so the fact that it led into something, it kind of felt like something that was going to be six issues that got, you know, that that Morrison was told like, hey, can you wrap it up in four? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. No problem. I got this hyper compressed <laughs> thing. It, like.
1: it also feels very much like something that Morrison was writing for the old planned reboot that then got folded into plans, the, the future states slash forward plans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if nothing else, the scene with Superman and, and JFK is inexplicable.
0: Mm, mm-hmm,
1: like it's mm-hmm. genuinely inexplicable.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, Superman having a different costume and white temples, right? Yeah, it's inexplicable because he doesn't look like that in Action Comics. Not mm-hmm. just he's wearing a different costume, which I feel that they kind of try and explain it away as, but mm-hmm. he like he literally doesn't look that old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there are ways in which Johnson in Action Comics action comics action comics is <laughs> is trying to uh in some ways lead into what's happening superman and the authority uh johnson's first storyline that ran across action and superman uh featured basically superman getting zapped by radioactivity that's is making him weaker uh-huh. right uh-huh. which kind of plays into the samurai and winter aspect as 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 Superman calls it in in Superman the authority mm-hmm. but you know doesn't really right, because mm-hmm. if you read Superman the Authority, it a feels like an alternate world take, and B very much feels like Superman is heading towards the end of his life. yeah, definitely, definitely. right mm-hmm. and you know spoilers that's not what's happening in action right. Uh, having this is when I get annoying to everyone again. Having read the next issue of Action coming out; it's out in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Johnson really, really tries to thread that needle about why Superman looks so different in Superman: The Authority, mm-hmm. and for my money, like whiffs it. Uh-huh. blame them for trying, but but no, like it's it's it. Arguably, would have made more sense to be just like been like i don't know he was using fucking reaching two thousands you know <laughs> right um but they don't sync up exactly, and that's that really does kind of get to be a problem when Superman the authority does for intents and purposes end with Morrison going he's got the team together, and I guess you read action comics now
0: yeah, yeah, I was sort of um it's it's Interesting. I was more annoyed starting issue four than when I finished it. And um, something that I never do that, thank God, someone that I follow on Twitter linked to, they had somewhere like CBR had done a a sort of wrap-up interview with Morrison where they Mm -hmm. talked about their intentions and talked about the ending and things and it sort of made a little bit more like I I don't know not quite sense and it wasn't necessarily like it needed goodwill I was less like I said less annoyed when I finished the episode the issue than when I started it and even kind of went oh yeah maybe I'll follow this but I also kind of in the back of my brain you know in parentheticals when it starts coming on DC universe infinite you know like i've found definitely found myself being like yeah i don't i don't necessarily think that i need to follow this in real time um i mean this, some of the issues are already on um dc universe i i would i would think so cuz i'm sort of like right if i sort of jump cuz the future state stuff has been you know up there and i can i i assume it ties in more strongly so yeah it's a it's a thing it's a thing i by and large i was surprised pleasantly by how much something that seemed like it was going to be um an annoying trifle ended up being i guess a non-annoying trifle or something you're
1: meaning superman authority
0: yes definitely yeah. I really liked it by the I end. I did, too. I, I did, I, I too. I mean, I
1: really liked it from the start, so I I don't want to give the impression that I was like, oh, I hate this, and by the end, I, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that there was a lot there yeah. that I really really appreciated. And honestly, a lot there that made me wish that Morrison was sticking around to do more of it. Right. Um, I think that Morrison very much uh, in... in superman the authority but also like kind of in things like wonder woman earth one and and green lantern manages to make superhero comics that feel like they take place today even as a 60 what two year old writer that they are now 61 right um like they're doing stuff that are are, is far better than than people 30 years their junior are doing
0: yeah i think so i think so you know at least they
1: are trying Right, right. right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought there was a lot of fun. I do, especially with that last page, like, epilogue, where it's like, oh, and also this. Right. You know, spec they are coming back? Because that, uh, that epilogue suggests they're doing something that is entirely unrelated to what Philip Kennedy Johnson is doing.
0: Right. Right, and again, I feel like in the CBR thing, they were kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of threw it out there, like literally, I have no idea where I, that's going. It's just comics, everybody, you know, like the very much that that thing. Oh, really? Of, yeah, I think so. Let me see if I can find that. Oh, no, I, 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 I... I should look it
1: up because I've heard you're not the first person I've heard talking about that.
0: That. Mm-hmm yeah and it was just well let's see here i tell you what well my worry is is that i will make too much noise here grant morrison interview superman authority cbr yeah unpacks his blah 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 Light Ray is, what the hell is that? We've been hearing dark side is for two centuries and now we finally have something to replace it. It was a deliberate desire to create space that other people could occupy, which what I love about the U- U- DC universe. These long-running universes, we get to contribute to it and we can pass on batons as we do the race. Sometimes you do a perennial story that you want to live forever and sometimes it's a story like this where it inhabits a particular time. Uh, and that's the second paragraph. And the first one was, because um, uh, the interviewer was like, as a fan of your work and especially your DC work, do you have any plans to come back and revisit these untold tales and fill in this space? And uh, he's Morrison Absolutely. says that there are a lot of stories there and things that have opened up. And fortunately editorial has the document suggesting ways of moving forward with those plot elements, but no, I wanted to set things up. My favorite comics are the ones where you come in the middle of the story. I would pick up these things and it was part two of a story between the Justice League and Justice Society and I had no idea what was going on but it's so interesting and my mind would fill in the blanks. I like the idea of going out on that sense of ambiguity and that there's so many stories to be told and so many avenues to be explored.
1: Oh, on one hand, I'm like, oh, I'm sad that that they're not going to do that story. On the other hand, sure, that makes sense. Right. I think... I think Grant is uh, like weirdly optimistic about that because I think Grant Morrison may stand as the writer who has gifted so many concepts to a
0: company only for them to be utterly ignored. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but I think that there's a little bit of the yeah, but I'll I'll keep I'll keep being in their swing. Kind of feel like Superman and the Authority is. Is in that sense a weird, a weird way to, to sort of, yeah, uh, germinate. You know, I guess. Yeah, I,
1: I, I say that, of course, and then I realize that, that uh, so much of the
0: Infinite Frontier
1: stuff is is one hundred percent going back to Morrison concepts and going
0: wild on them. Well, but but like finally, right? Like, I mean, I feel well, like no, I, 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 I if I should, you like know, part getting... of Infinite Frontier is that kind of we yeah. get justice
1: incarnate from the multiverse getting a mini series spinning out of this is no
0: nuts. agreed agreed I think and I think there is stuff like that that is fabulous but yeah no absolutely the the fact that it was I mean and we say that but you know like new 52 they launched a Frankenstein series you know like they didn't do a good job but you know jeff johns was like oh hey here's the seven soldiers in the background and you know like i i was never really sure it's funny how much um you get those creators who are kind of like yeah i'm i'm opening this up and everyone can jam uh and then there are those creators that are like nobody fucking touch Electra. that's my character i created that character and you know it it really in some way reads uh with Morrison's stuff, like they're like Yeah we you know, like like Grant threatened to break my legs with a baseball bat. Like you know, and they're like but he says in the interviews is like he always lies in the interviews. You know, like I don't know. I, you know, like it it is it is a shame finally seeing some of uh a lot of Morrison's stuff. I kind of feel like Snyder was a real big fan. Force for that in in almost a really silly way like i always felt like um metal and death metal and all that stuff took a lot of the was kind of like oh yeah morrison you know morrison's talking about the multiverse here's the dark multiverse you know what i mean like at least he wasn't ignoring it he was just You know, in theory, sort of springboarding it kind of kind of the way you used to do in comics, where it was kind of like, oh, I want to get to my my thing. But you have to acknowledge that at least there's this other thing, which, um, you know, much like you can tell Danny Cates is going to do in that his first issue of the Hulk. Um,
1: (laughs) I was okay, so I'm going to use that to talk about the fact that uh, you saw there's an issue Hulk series uh announced this week right yeah that was weird i really had did a double take
0: like uh yeah so
1: so rainbow rowel is uh now that runaways is over slash quasi over uh rainbow rowel is going from that onto a new she-hulk book with uh i I think it's roge and antonio Rouge antonio Uh um who's been on hell lines and hell lines apparently he's also cancelled i who the fuck knows what's going on with the X books anymore? Uh, and it is basically She Hulk if you ignore anything that's happened to the characters that's the charge Sewell run. Right? Yeah. Which I mean... is hilarious to me, A, yeah. because it's quite clearly a you know what, we've got the Disney Plus series coming on, we should totally. do a comic that's like that. Right. But also, it made me go between that and the Donnie Cates Hulk run. Mm-hmm. It's honestly as if Marvel's just gone. Let's just reset the Hulk franchise in general.
0: Mm. Hmm. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I. So the She-Hulk thing was is super. Uh, yeah, it was super weird, and again, feels like Marvel's showing its ass a little bit. I haven't seen the Donny Cates thing. I really. I mean it it's, it's re- technically not out yet. They did
1: a, a um free comic book day preview. Right. Oh right.
0: And, I read and, that.
1: And they talked about what what is coming, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and it's 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 the ho- it, it's basically we'll see the devils in the details, of course, but from everything that has been shown so far and everything that's said, it's pretty much ignoring everything from Mortal Hulk. Which on the one hand you kind of have to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I was just, I thought that. And then I was like, wow, imagine if the Swamp Thing
0: run following Alan Moore had just been like, yep, now he's a mock monster again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, 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 no. Exactly. Um. Yeah, which again, I mean, I feel like Donny Cates is kind of that, kind of that guy like I mean again not having followed either his run on Thor or Jason Aaron's run but having read Chad Nevitt's newsletter about it it really kind of seems like Donny Cates is the guy that you know you you hire when you want to bring in someone who has a fan base who will follow him and that he's just going to he's He's, he's, he's almost Jeff Lobian in his sort of, like, I'm going to step in here and I'm going to do what people think are badass about the character, which is badass comics of him being a badass, you know? Oh, and, yeah, no,
1: no, Don, Donny Cates is, is firmly in the, uh, what if Mark Miller was too highbrow for your school?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, and in a way, I think there is something to counter-programming. You know, like part of me, I, on the one hand, really appreciate those issues that Rick Veach did of Swamp Thing after Alan Moore left and is more or less sort of grabbing bits and pieces of, you know, um, in Moore's proposal and pitches and sort of playing them out. Uh, But it also sort of felt like, how do I put it? Like there was kind of like, oh, it's probably a smart idea to leave when you were leaving you know like i i i think going going out on a high note one of the things that i appreciate about immortal hulk number 50 is well i appreciated a ton about it frankly um but i thought that if nothing else it it really did tie off in a great sort of well you don't kind of like You could read more comics about the hulk and it's could be the same or it could be different or it could be something you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of saga of swamp thing number 50 uh in immortal hulk number 50 except i would say arguably it's better and it's even better and uh i i one of the things that i sort of liked about it was the the way that by the end of it, you're kind of given the freedom to... Doing is very much giving the freedom to go where you want to go with the character. And that's for the next creator that picks it up. And it's kind of for the next next Hulk story that you read. You know what I mean? Like, he Mm -hmm. really manages, I think, in a, a very impressive way to set up a new status quo that is more than capable of morphing into just about anything.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. No, I I like the way Immortal Hulk issue 50 ends, but I also think the run in general has, like genuinely has altered the DNA of the character. And the idea of going back to, you know, I'm Bruce Banner, and inside me I've got a monster. Yeah. But that monster's gonna kick your ass. It's just like, that's the direct like that's where you're going right that's it, like even if it's you know and then I go into space, so what like right it's it it feels like the most boring idea place to go
0: you know oh definitely definitely i I agree hugely hugely um I, I think there's a lot to be said for for Ewing
1: giving a very graceful uh baton passing. I don't know why I I you know that's that's the horrible phrase I, I went for, but <laughs> I, I, I think I think Ewing does set up other people,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: hmm uh, but it's just uh sad. That's all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well we'll see. I mean I do have a little bit of the Yeah, like don't follow Sinatra. But you know, but there are times where people are inspired and will surprise you. So I do not think that will happen on Hulk. Mainly, I just wanted to talk about how much I really enjoyed that last issue and how much I thought that Ewing did a great job pulling so much stuff that I love about Marvel Comics. The things that I love about Marvel Comics and throwing them into the mix for issue 50. And also kind of... Fully tipping his hand in terms of making the story, quote unquote, about something. Like, I appreciate the fact that it did so much cool, fun stuff with the premise that it set up in the first issue and played that played that string out so well and did such a great job of making it bigger and you know fitting all kinds of stories into the rubric of it but ultimately figuring out a real way to talk about trauma I think and and how and how to recover from trauma and I I, I'm really hugely impressed that there's a way in which um it didn't doesn't necessarily feel super applicable to me in my life but i kind of feel like wow somebody i think is going to be able to read this run and walk away feeling like they have learned something about how people work you know um and i and it's interesting because i don't think like i would I'm really tempted to go back and read The Immortal Hulk and all the issues and see how much of it is... Um, I I, I don't think that Ewing over-eggs the pudding, definitely, which is a good way. But I would be very curious. Um, issue 50, by the time you get to the end of it, there's a little bit of a um being able to move past the why me um aspect of when something terrible happens in your life and I feel mm. like that's like really interesting and handy and helpful um and uh but like I said I'm kind of like huh but are all the characters kind of operating from that place or and I think this is really interesting is is Ewing kind of talking about... um, He's kind of updating that sort of Marvel, why me kind of approach to things or something. Maybe part of why I liked Immortal Hulk is, is that Ewing does the... For me, what feels very classic, a lot of classic Marvel moves, including looking at the whole of the character's continuity and figuring out various shout-outs or things to continue or to call back on and being inclusive while also moving forward and also kind of figuring out ways to tell weirdly very personal stories, like, which is great. Like, I did put down The Incredible The Immortal Hulk, issue 50, and I'm like, is Al religious? You know, because it's a, it's a pretty... Uh, uh, spiritual issue I guess is the way to say it Um, Mm -hmm. which is awesome like some of my favorite crazy Marvel comics are like that and I don't necessarily know it doesn't it doesn't really matter if he's doing it that way or if he's doing it for which I think makes sense like This is what I was, you know, these are the seeds that were planted in issue one from my narrative voice and my choices of quotes. And of course, this is where it's going to lead to, which was tremendous. Um, But yeah, just really, just really, what what a ridiculously impressive achievement. It's fascinating the people I saw on Twitter who on the one hand were like, wow, that was amazing and kind of like, wow, it's sort of a shame that this is always going to have the asterisk of Joe Bennett being on it and, and therefore, you know, there's, you know, kind of like, this is, this is a, couldn't be as awesome as it could be because this person's terrible and we shouldn't support their work, you know, kind of thing. Um, I, I'm, I actually didn't see that
1: many people talking about it at all. The issue at all? Yeah, I didn't didn't see that many people talking about issue 50 at all. And and it was one of those things where you're simultaneously like, wait, is no one talking about this? And also, I'm sure they are, and I'm not seeing it, because there's no way no one's talking about this.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I have to admit, it's one of those few things. Graham, I have to say, after something like, I don't know, 11 years on Twitter, I, I finally start searching on terms. Like, I finally started doing this weird thing of like, what do other people have to say about this thing? Like normally really? I feel like I'm like, yeah, which is I'm weird. I'm so curious. Like what? Well, again, like I finished Immortal Hulk and I was like, wow, that was really great, you know, and kind of this thing of like, wow, there's a couple of people that whose comic takes that I like who aren't talking about it, but also I feel have not been sort of talking about comics on their timeline much anyway so it was like okay well i'll search it out but as you may recall you and i um i was very excited after watching malignant on hbo max and i was very much looking forward to talking with you about it but i don't know if you and chloe ever got a chance to see it i sort of assumed
1: you oh no not. oh no we we have we have talked we have, we have watched malignant and i'm fairly sure you and me have talked about malignant jack no if, we have not no okay. no it, it's not we should, but we should also
0: wait for the next same close on the podcast. Okay, that sounds, I guess, yes, that sounds, damn it, why do you keep putting this off? Okay, great. We have not. The uh, last time you, but... the only thing we said about Malignant was you were like, we want to watch it, but we're really afraid it'll freak out the kid, and we haven't been able to find a time where we can watch it where he's not
1: around. Oh yeah, so. we we find that.
0: Great. Well, I'm I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it and of course what Chloe has to say about it. So, um but because I was deprived, deprived uh, in the desert. Um I actually search termed it on uh Twitter and it was kind of fun it was fun reading a lot of those um responses. And so I sort of did the same thing with Immortal Hulk and yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I do wonder. Maybe it Maybe it didn't really knock... Like, maybe kind of... Sort of like you'd mentioned, you kind of wandered away from the series, and then you wandered back. Maybe a lot of people wandered away from it at one point and just didn't admit to that, you know? Like, maybe people didn't... Maybe there were fewer people of the people that I follow... Um, who got to issue 50 and were kind of like, oh, that's, you know, like, I was expecting them to be like it was great and they just never got there because they stopped at, like, issue 30 and never came back to it. Or maybe, you know, like, I've, I'm i kind of curious, I guess, so you, did you read it and you read all the issues leading up to it? So you've yeah, read so the Yeah,
1: so I, run? I... I can't remember when I came back to it.
0: Like maybe
1: I'm actually learning comixology right now, like looking at the the um the covers of the previous issues, trying to work out when it came back. Right. Um I probably I think I came back to it somewhere around forty four and then went back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I I I drifted away and came back a couple of times. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but it's I I I. What would happen is I'd come back and then I I like Marvel Unlimited the shit out of it. Right. Um, which was easier back when Marvel Unlimited worked. But <laughs> about that again. Yes, you know, it is still bullshit. Yeah. Um, Man, they fucked the pooch on that. They really did. Um. But it was something that I, I like. I never stopped liking it. Mm-hmm. It's just that sometimes I
0: felt overwhelmed by. It, I guess right, right. Which is oh, which is fine. I one of the things that I was wondering about in a way is, um, I think Ewing is a really fun bridge. In some ways, between the comics that I like and the comics that you like, I think. Um, Yeah, very much. Yeah, and I think sometimes if the dial gets turned too much in one direction or the other, um, you know, either of us could be a little bit more put off by it like I kind well, of feel
1: I, I'm, I'm really curious like what other youing are you reading
0: well I think at the moment I'm reading uh I was thinking of the Defenders miniseries which has that really lovely art by that's Javier Polito, or yeah. is that oh it looks amazing it it's, looks... it's not Javier
1: Polito. it's Javier uh, Rodriguez
0: oh javier rodriguez right yeah fabulous fabulous looking and it's really got um ewing kind of doing some again kind of like self-consciously big crazy marvel comics of a certain stripe it leaves me colder Than the Hulk. And I'm kind of curious if it's something that maybe resonates stronger with you. I don't know if it
1: resonates stronger, but it feels more arch. Mm. Um, It feels like Defenders is uh, Ewing working within. uh, I feel that Ewing has uh, different voices Mm -hmm. for his his Marvel work, especially.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And one of those is a Marvel voice. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, And so something like Defenders, and honestly something like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, are more of a Marvel voice. And maybe when I say Marvel voice, I really mean like a Steve Engerhart voice. Mm -hmm. But it feels like he's writing in character. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Right. right. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And I like that character. Mm -hmm. And I like those comics. And those comics are doing things that I like them doing. Mm -hmm. Right. But, if, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy I thought was a really good run. It, it's, I'm really sad that it ended early, or ended where it ended, but it really feels like it got cancelled. It feels like a book like it got cancelled. Like, mm-hmm. it ended three issues after their relaunch, you know? Wow, yeah. I don't really believe that they did a three-part relaunch for a three-part storyline. Right. You know, right. that just seems unusual. Right. Um, But, it like, even when I was at my most into... Garden of the Galaxy, I felt like uh, I felt like it was the sort of comic that you wouldn't necessarily like, even though you like Al Ewing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, or something that you would appreciate more than like. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel that I feel that that's true of Defenders, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: feel that you know Sword also is a book that is written less from a, uh, an Immortal Hulk standpoint uh, and more from a I don't know, as uh, an X-book standpoint. Like, I feel like he's trying to work within parameters. And sometimes when he does that, it's great, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when he does that, it's fun, but kind of throwaway. Right. I think if The painters didn't have Javier Rodriguez drawing, I think it would be a very different comic. And I think Mm -hmm. it would be more throwaway. Right. Yeah. I think Javier Rodriguez is doing
0: a lot of the heavy lifting in that comic. Right. Well, yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's actually one of Ewing's strengths is that he meshes with his artists and he's kind of marries his tone to it or, or, or modulates his tone with it. One of the things that I think I like, what I was going to say for me is, is that I think that ewing's work on immortal hulk is him at his he always has a strong formalist streak in him um which is one of the things that i like and i think he also has a strong compassionate humanist streak in him which Mm -hmm. i which i think we both like but I think you very respond much. to more in the than the formalism part and kind of the you're very happy if it goes messy, I guess. And so part of me with Immortal Hulk was as it kind of moved into its final quarter, I kind of found myself being like, oh, I wonder maybe Graham doesn't wouldn't like this because it feels very schematic. You know what I mean? Like it's it's Ewing is playing out his hand. He's building towards something, but there's kind of uh everything is mostly serving uh the purpose of building towards this final issue. And
1: and that's something that I don't even necessarily think of as formalism, although I think you're right that it is, but I don't think of it in that framework. But I found myself a lot lately getting bored of the perpetual build right not just mortal hulk in superhero comics in general
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I one of the other things i was reading this week was i was catching up on jason Aaron's avengers right oh, oh that boy. comic just feels perpetually on a on the build yeah yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. it just feels perpetually on the you think you're getting to a, the end of a story and instead it'll be you know it's the, here's the setup for the next Mephisto thing, or here's the setup for the, the, you know, Avengers of one billion years BC, or whatever it is. And it feels like there's never any resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Mortal Hulk was that at all. I think Mortal Hulk was clearly building towards a resolution and clearly had, uh, had paced itself better, shall we mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Than, than aaron's uh, avengers but it was a similar thing where i'm like this this doesn't end right you know and when it doesn't end even if i'm jo- enjoying it i eventually i'm like i i kind of gotta leave mm-hmm. you know wh- when i was talking about rereading the the action comics earlier like that's just a six-part storyline right and admittedly it's a six-part storyline setting up the next storyline but even that i was like i know that he's fucking off to war World. Mm-hmm. But with this, all you're doing is setting up that he's doing that. Can you just get there?
0: Right, right. You know? Do you, do you think that is a um do do you is is that can can we can we lay that blame at any one creator or uh? small handful of creators because or is that just how the marketplace has gone because you know i usually start screaming hysterically and pointing uh, weeping and pointing at brian bendis but I, yeah and, I, and sh- I, I i
1: think you can definitely can do that right mm-hmm. you know when you look at what bendis did at marvel almost every single storyline was the setup for the next storyline but even there, I would say he still got resolutions in there more than, like, Aaron's Avengers does. Oh, Aaron's yeah. Avengers, it, like, genuinely feels like it is allergic to anything resembling a resolution of a storyline. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like, stunningly so. We're, like, 50 issues in. More if you include Heroes Return or Heroes Reborn. Right, right. You know? And, and it's just... It's, it's so unending that it kind of feels like it will never end. If that makes sense.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah.
1: Like, there comes a point where you're just like, I don't know if you actually have an ending. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if this is part of a plan. I think at this point, you're just like spinning the plates. I am weirdly reminded of Claremont and his X-Men.
0: Oh, it's funny. I was going to mention Claremont and his X-Men when you kind of said like, we're 50 issues in and nothing's resolving. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. I know what that sounds like. yeah. Yeah, very much, right? And it's it's mm-hmm. you know, the the
1: last you know what, three or four years of Claremont's X-Men, which I remember at the time also feeling like that. Like I bailed from Claremont's X-Men early. Because I was like, This stuff is never ending. Mm-hmm. None mm-hmm. none of these plots go anywhere. Mm-hmm. None of these plots resolve. And I was I mean, shit. I was thirteen, fourteen at the time. Right. <laughs> that that, that me. Um so you know it, it's on one hand sure Bendis right, but it goes back way further than Bendis. Oh,
0: completely. Yeah, I think you're right. And and like Claremont I, I mean, is a point.
1: I mean, go fuck you. Can go all the way back to like early Marvel. You sure. know when 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 Stan Lee and 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 maybe not Kirby, but like Lee and Romita and Spider Man.
0: Well, I mean. I mean even Leon Kirby as we know from the Fantastic 4 had that amazing like Wyatt Wingfoot and Johnny Storm on the college football team and the coach in the background's like mm, but if only they knew my deadly secret and then you just never see him again you yeah, know yeah, what i mean yeah, exactly. so
1: um, right, um Leon Kirby's Thor i think is actually far more guilty of that shit mhm like it mm-hmm. just it just keeps going <laughs> yeah yeah you know
0: um right so sorry you know sorry i was gonna say and you know we just read morrison talking in that interview about how much he loves coming in in the middle like maybe that's that feeling they're all kind of trying to create that like they do um like you and i are kind of like yeah it'd be nice if we had a thing where it kind of you know can you can you can you wrap this up like I'm old, you know, or whatever it happens to be. But like a lot of these creators are like, yeah, didn't didn't you love that feeling of being able to sit down with like 287 comics and by the time you got to the end of it, you realized like you'd just been exposed to 9 million concepts and then you still had another 300 issues to read of a, of a title or another title or something, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's one of the classic, um, Tom Spurgeon had an amazing essay about being overweight and reading comics, which I thought was really wonderful uh, in so many ways. Cause I thought it put a lot of, um, pointed to a lot of things that I'd had sort of half thought never quite really added up in my brain. But there is, there is something, um, there's some sort of enjoyable gluttony or gluttonous aspect to comics, whether that's sitting down with a big pile of 40 comics from the comic book store that you just purchased or, That you're sitting down with an entire run of a creator on a title and you've told yourself you're just going to go through it the entire, you know, you're the weekend, you're not going to get up until it's done or whatever. And, and I think those are like, really enjoyable primal experiences that like, like most pleasure, I'm no longer capable of feeling like I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure that's what I call the Jeff Lester curveball yeah it's it's sort of like
1: Jeff Lester touch right there
0: yeah totally totally
1: uh, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, th- th- I think that there's something I think that a lot of creators have the I wish that I could relive these comic reading experience of my youth when right. I came in in part two of a three part story and I didn't know what was happening and right. I am. Like, as Morrison said, I, you know, I imagined it, right? Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily what things like, uh, you know, um, Aaron's Avengers does. Like, Aaron's Avengers has so many faults. Like, Mm. a a lot of faults. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: if if what he's trying to do is recreate the idea of you're coming in midway through a story, like, I think he has to... uh, have a story? His... Well, yes, and I, I was going to be slightly less sarcastic, but <laughs> he got to give his... No, but he's got to give his story some dynamism, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the past sure you'd come in and you'd be like, you know, Spider-Man would be fighting the vulture at the very start of the comic and Aunt May will have had her 70 second heart attack. Right? Mm
0: -hmm. And things Mm -hmm. would
1: be in motion. And then it cut to like J. John Jameson carrying on a a subplot of the Bugle. And then you see like, you know, Mary Jane, whatever. Okay? Mm -hmm. But A, things would be happening quickly. And B, there would be some form of resolution in almost every issue.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Right? Some form of resolution. Mm -hmm. And in Aaron's things, there's just not. And in so many modern superheroes, there's no resolution. Mm-hmm. The resolution is something as simple as, or something as as, as basic as, uh, you know, well, they put Dracula in, where does it go in the end? Chernobyl? They put Dracula in Chernobyl, and then in the same issue, it's like, and Dracula's like, hmm, this is my country of
0: vampires. And right. It's
1: like, not the end of the story at all.
0: Right. You know? Well,. But, you know, so I think, interestingly enough, I do feel that perhaps part of the quote-unquote problem may be a little bit of the... You know, Morrison talks about the collaborative nature about like, yeah, I like dropping stuff on there and then having someone else pick up the threads and us being like, oh, Grant, but that never happens to you. And, you know, of course, finally sort of is. But I do think that there is a little bit of the um, as weirdly dissonant as it is to have Jerry Conway and Don Newton be like, I'm going to wrap up this new God's tale. There was at least sort of a feeling of how do I put it? Like everything, like like you said, there's there's sort of a forward movement. I think there's a lot. I've cooled on uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers considerably, in part because I think there have just been two shitty arcs, and I didn't get all the way through Heroes. Reborn or Heroes Return before Marvel updated and and fucked me uh, on on Marvel Unlimited, but I I just find that that on the one hand it it feels like Jason Aaron is trying to do like here's a comic that makes you feel like you're reading about all of the Marvel universe. Because I'm basically telling all these stories with, like, that's world spanning and character spanning, and I've got secondary and tertiary and quadruciary characters. Um, But it, it all feels, it all feels really insular. Like, I think maybe there's something about, like, none of it really ever feels like it's affecting anything else or is taking place anywhere else in the marvel universe and i think that's the weird thing i feel like the marvel universe at least from the very vast distance at which i look at it has a lot of like oh yeah this is all happening together and yet no one's paying attention to what anyone's doing you know, and I, I think that it's, that's yeah, it's a weird. Little... The
1: Marvel Universe, uh, Avengers, feels incredibly divorced from the Marvel
0: Universe. Yeah, very much so. Which is interesting because no, it's telling it... big global stories in in every arc, in theory. But in
1: a weird way, I think that's its problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because none of this stuff is reflecting anywhere. It's it's weird. Marvel does not feel like a coherent universe now, which is probably possibly for the best. But I still think it's odd that you know the X books aren't really being reflected outside of the X books, um, or like in in like why is the the Christopher Campbell Iron Man stuff not really being reflected anywhere mm-hmm. uh, with Spider Man and the Spider Man Beyond stuff? Is that really going to be reflected anywhere? Why are we not seeing some of the Jason Aaron Avenger stuff in other books? Right. Yeah. You know. Like how how does Tennessee Coates Black Panther book connect with Aaron's Black Panther in Avengers, mm-hmm. or Captain America connect with Captain America? They don't. And right. you know, on one hand, you you kind of think about the old dodge of well, they happen at different times, and they're they're you know they might be released in the same month, but they happen in different months. True believer, right? But when the runs are so long. Yeah, right. You're like, okay, but that doesn't really make sense. Right. This has been going say, on for four you know,
0: years. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are you saying this six-year span of a comic takes place entirely after that six-year span of a comic? Right, right. You know, are they never going to interrelate? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just uh, – it, I, I, I would be more forgiving of this stuff if – Again, if Avengers was fun, right? If Avengers mm-hmm. lived up to its own hype, yeah. You know, I, I, sure. I, And also, like, if things made sense in Avengers, I, I stupidly made the decision to reread Avengers, Avengers from the start as part of this catch-up.
0: Wait, this I, recently, like, because that'd be like your third time reading it through, sort of, right? Yes yes
1: i'm oh, a god
0: for punishment with this stuff good lord graham all right okay
1: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and every time i do like like even just the first story with the celestials i'm like okay but why did the eternals die mm-hmm. like what did that do for the story at all anywhere mm-hmm. Other, like it's not even because it's not even a well this must be big shit thing right because mm. it's not mm. even played as big shit in the story mm. the just commit suicide because they do for something that appears in like four pages of the comic right you know like why do that other than like you said aaron's like well now i can do whatever i want with marvel universe but none of it means anything mm-hmm. you know uh also like that first storyline still makes no sense to me. Like, I still understand on a I'm-filling-in-the-blanks level what happened, but mm-hmm. that comic, that story does not actually finish. Mm. <laughs> that story jumps to the end and is like, I hope you guys filled in the blanks, because <laughs> we sure shit aren't going to tell you what happened. Wow. Um, it, like, have you revisited this stuff at all?
0: No, I have not. I have not. You should...
1: <laughs> like, I know, for real, I'd be really curious what you think of it when you revisit it. Mm-hmm. Because you were you were all in for a while. You yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very I, much so. I'm
1: really curious now that the bloom is off the rose, if you go back and you're you're still all in, or if you're like, oh, wait, what actually right. did happen there? Right, right. You know, like, i just, yeah, there's so much that just. It never ends. <laughs> like, it never ends. Here's Dracula, but now he's, like, mind-controlling people. But is he? What about Mephisto? Maybe they're... Ooh, what, what if the is really tied in with the Mephisto stuff? And what if Mephisto is inside the Celestial? But what if it's really Dracula? <laughs> Meanwhile, Phil Coulson's back from the dead, and he shoots someone. Who did he shoot? Fucking never mind. It's, well, it doesn't matter. He was just doing it to be a badass. Ah! <laughs> Namor strong from yeah. the Defenders of the Deep. Why? Are we ever going to see them again, I said, of Avengers? No.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and there is a lot of... There is, again, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I, I, I have to admit, I would love to kind of circle back and revisit that stuff. Part of me is a little scared to, in a way, and part of me is also kind of like, hmm.
1: well, you're, like you're for part example, of like how would I even do that at Marvel
0: Unlimited? <laughs> no, 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 because that is kind of the fun thing about buying, being subscribed to the series on digital. Is apart from Heroes Reborn, which I decided I was not going to pay for. Oh, are you you on
1: Comixology
0: for all of this? Yeah, I'm on Comixology. Um, I've been subscribed since the the boot of the issue. So in theory, I can just just plow right through them. Um, But I mean, I kind of had that moment like, here's Immortal Hulk issue 50, read it, really enjoyed it. And in the back of my brain, both coming up on issue 50 and after reading issue 50, I was like you know, I should sit down and reread the whole thing. Like, I think that would be really fun, especially considering how much some of the pieces planted in the very beginning come back and resonate at the very end. So that Mm -hmm. should be really enjoyable. And, And I don't know, I just had that moment of like, I'm not sure I'm ever going to do that. Like, you know, like I... It's weird, right? Like, I I also was like,
1: I kind of feel like I want to read all of Mortal Hulk. And the strangest thing is, my first thought was, I think I only want to do that in print. Oh, interesting. I don't think I want to do that digitally. Hmm. And I couldn't tell you why. The idea of, of reading... Like, it sounds strange. I feel like I can go back through Aaron's Avengers on Marvel Limited because I don't care about it that much. And so sure. it's fine for me to read like three or four issues a night. Mm-hmm. You know? Like mm-hmm. that's that's okay. I, I can I can uh, I I can let myself fall out of of the mood to to go to a a place of like, well fuck, I've got to find the comic again now. You know? Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and the idea of doing that with Mortal Hulk feels uh difficult. <laughs>
0: yeah, fe- yeah. Fe-
1: feels like it feels almost disrespectful
0: because no and just to, that but that is because of Marvel Unlimited in the way that it's broken or is that like if it were all that easily accessible I, I, I pre-update like,
1: I like I, if I wanted to reread uh, Immortal Hulk I would have mm-hmm. to properly devote time and brain space to it
0: mm-hmm. and you, you know, can't and do it, that digitally it, it, but you would in yeah, print. yeah I, I
1: think I, yeah, I think if I was doing it in print, I think if I was doing it in, like, you know, like the Omnibus Collected Editions, uh-huh. I think I'd find it easier to do that. Hmm. Yeah, it's a really strange thing. I, I, I like, I'm going to have to unpack that in my brain more because I don't necessarily understand it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is kind of interesting. Like, I'd be curious about the ramifications of that. I'm dangerously... On the flip side of that, which is to say, um, remember that picture that uh, Comics Experience ran of me with, you know, a handful, like a literal armful of graphic novels and books and things? Um, And this, do you know how many of those I've actually read? (laughs) still zero still zero they're still sitting on my on my shelf i've moved them from two different shelves they keep getting closer and closer to my desk but i don't read them like i'm really i'm actually so weirdly in the opposite end of the space of i don't really want to read something unless it's unless it's digital for a number for weirdly a number of reasons um and that's it it's again i feel like i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum i'm like i certainly can read stuff digitally and quote unquote read it too fast maybe but it's also easier for me to sit down and reread. It's also easier for me to space out and stare at a page or a page composition or something in a way that is can be harder for me to do when I am um, reading a graphic novel and I'm kind of trying not to break the spine, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So a weird example and perhaps another potential segue for me is, you know, I I have been restoring the Snyderverse, which is to say, um, reading the three Scott Snyder books that were released this month in Comixology Unlimited. Oh, yeah. We have Demons, Clear, and Night of the Ghoul. And I don't know if there's a fourth one coming out this week. I think there's just the three. I- I I think there might be a fourth. I know that
1: he's planned like eight or something. something Well, yeah,
0: exactly. And he may be holding off. It's sort of, I I don't know. I definitely know that it was kind of a very smart synergistic thing to have like a new one every week this month because it was kind of like, oh, right, yeah, I'm tracking that. No, I got to pick it up. That being said, um, when it came time to we were you know it was getting near podcast time i found myself being like oh shit i i do not remember anything about uh we have demons you know but it was really easy to kind of basically just sit down and re reread it reread clear and reread night of the ghouls so it was fresher for me and i just <laughs> know that would not have been the case in print for me. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, so, I totally get that. What's funny is, like, I've read all three of those and
1: I also can remember nothing about them. That's not yeah. true. I remember that I thought Clear looked great.
0: Yes. Clear is a genuinely beautiful book by Francis Manipal. It is 100% just pure gorgeousness. It's the book that I... I love the art, but I also found it... I wanna say I found it the most derivative because I felt like it felt very like like oh if you mixed Noir by KW Jeter with uh Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martins uh Private Eye, um this is the this is the book that you would get, right? And yeah I and I mean it's weird because in the back of my brain, like when I finished Clear, I was like, it was like, well, that's no, you know, We Have Demons. Uh, And then when I finished Night of the Ghoul, I was like, well, that was no Clear. And then I went back and reread We Have Demons. And I was like, well, that was no Night of the Ghoul. So there was kind of a weird, like descending Escher-esque staircase to my enjoyment of those books unfortunately um they were fine like I it's it's interesting how much um I find myself really in the tank for Snyder despite the times where I'm not really Enjoying it or thinking that it's especially I, I good.
1: Say, this is literally you mean like it's weird how often I'm really really in into Snyder despite not enjoying Scott Snyder's comics.
0: Yeah, what? I'm sorry. Wait, what was that?
1: Despite not enjoying Scott Snyder. Yes.
0: Comics. Well, no, 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 no. Exactly. I think the thing that's really weird is, um, I kind of feel like uh, some of them are like an are like the opposite of a sugar high which is to say um you've got a sugar high where you're just riding on this giddy high and then suddenly your blood sugar crashes and you just feel miserable um i feel like it's kind of inverted like i'll find myself being very um just kind of put off by how um I don't know. Broadly constructed, it it is, or something. And then finally, I'll find myself charmed. You know, like it was like that thing of like death metal. Like there was stuff in death metal that I absolutely thought was interminable, and then something would come up that I would find really funny or really um, charmingly dumb. And I think that's it. There's something that I think is deeply. Uh, So often in Snyder's books, that is um, the gap between the ambition and the execution is so large, I have both a simultaneous ton of affection and ridiculous amounts of cringe about it you know like i very much like the fact that he has thematic things that he wants to say and wears them on his sleeve on his and i yeah yes, yeah yeah yes. you know and and so i find like honestly i found myself with revisiting we love demons and being um kind of like right the shit here that doesn't that is just way too over the top in terms of could you be any more on the nose, you know? Um, And yet I also found myself being like, but I tend to enjoy that a little bit more than I like whatever Capullo's doing on this page. And then of course I'll flip the page and there's like, a panel or an expression or a bit of of design that totally wins me over you know so it's a it's a it's kind of it's a very strange little process like francis menopole's art in clear is fabulous and i thought the story was kind of mostly junk and mostly junk in a way that's sort of um was mostly junk and also very obvious in a way. So I was just like, Ugh, yeah, okay, maybe it's better if you tell a really weird story and then you put really thematically obvious stuff on it as opposed to telling like kind of a generic private eye story and then you're slapping all this like Veil storytelling Scheherazade stuff on it. And, and Night of the Ghoul was fascinating to me because it was just somehow deeply uh inert inept like not not necessarily inept although maybe but just strangely um i think i think the weird part for night of the ghoul for me was is like in the other books snyder is telling you what the story is about very blatantly but he is more or less still dramatizing the story that is happening and throwing in a couple of curves a couple of twists a couple of noodles that are kind of like oh okay that's kind of got a it it kind of still sort of engages like there's an ability to surprise buried in the all the ridiculous lack of ex- surprises because everything's being explained to you but in night of the ghoul where all of the story was essentially being explained to me the way the themes normally get explained i was like mm-hmm. wow this is tedious as all hell so and just to tie this off i finally finished off reading the first arc of nocterra uh, issues 5 and 6 um, well, finally were cheap enough that I picked them up. Scott Snyder and me being the world's most unlikely Tony Daniels stan. They're... You do
1: love that man.
0: I do. God help me, I do. And Noctara ended up being really... I really enjoyed that first arc. I really enjoyed is maybe overstating it. I, I think that's say, probably really, it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. No, I mean, really overstating... That, that is a but. I but I did enjoy it. I did think that honestly, one of the things that I thought was great about it uh, was that in issue one, there's all these pointers that make it seem like the story has to go to a certain place and resolve relatively quickly because there's lots of time is running out elements to it and i was a little suspicious of that because i'm like is this a continuing series like i don't i feel like this is really set up to be a six issue mini done in one now we're going to turn around and, and pitch this. And if it's a hit, we'll do more issues maybe. And by the time I got to the end of issue six, I thought that it did a good job of telling a complete arc, having characters move through things, change by the end of them, and yet you're still in the in this world there are more mysteries, and there's a bigger place, and things to go. And also, she's still driving a big kick-ass truck. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I was really surprised because, like, around issue four of Noctera, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna. And part of that, of course, to me is also that as much as I do love Tony Daniel, and I do, I think that he um he's the kind of guy that sort of starts strong and finishes very meh a lot of times like i feel like by the time of four or five um monthly deadlines in a row you get a lot of like you know scratchy shadowy silhouette figures that are supposed to be the main characters standing you know in the foreground and then there's an incredibly scratchy blocky thing in the background that's the building and like earlier on he's like going to come up with a weird angle or he really enjoys his character designs and he really did manage to i think kind of keep a. Uh, He paced himself better through Noctara, Although I think that what helped is Scott Snyder was like, what if we made the big monsters big scratchy silhouettes? And Tony Daniels like, yeah, 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 that's great. So by the time you get to issue five or six, and you have like a huge monster rampage, um, it's like, you know, it's kind of genius. It feels like the scene that is that Scott Snyder was like, okay, I have to write a big action sequence for Tony Daniel in his sixth month of hitting his deadlines. How about I draw a massacre scene where monsters that look like poorly drawn black blobs are eviscerating people in a way that you absolutely don't have to worry about human anatomy. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of like just genius precision collaboration so i don't know if they're like charging right into issue seven but i'm kind of i'm kind of excited about it in the same way that i was excited by the seventh issue of logan's run uh the marvel comic uh, that was going to take you past the adventures of the first movie um (laughs) so you're saying that the
1: seventh issue of no terror is never going to come out
0: no, 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 no! I'm going to say the seventh issue is going to come out. It's going to end on a cliffhanger, and issue eight will never happen, ever. Which is ever. So yeah, yeah, very exciting. Uh, yeah, so that's my that's my Snyderverse wrap up. I'm I got to admit, out of having access to Comicsology originals and using it for almost nothing but reading manga and the occasional. Star Wars comic was pretty exciting to be like, oh, here's monthly comics that I can pick up and read for free by a creator that I am... That you like, that you're interested in. That I'm like and that I'm interested in, and yet I can't help but neg on my podcast. So I really apologize, Scott Snyder. I really don't know what my problem is. But yeah, it was kind of of exciting. I was like, yeah, take that, Substack. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> uh, so we'll see what, see what else I, see. I, I,
1: uh, I can't remember if I said this in the podcast or not Um, you, I, I can't remember did you like uh, uh.
0: I'll be honest Graham picked it up, started it put it down after 10 pages liked it, but put it down for some reason and then didn't pick it back up so the let's say it's I'm a book in process the reason I'm asking is
1: uh Nimona was by Noelle Stevenson, who then went on to co create slash showrun uh, the She-Ra cartoon for for right. Netflix. hmm And um has since come out as trans
0: and mm. started a sub stack. Hmm. Mm. Oh right. She and was two, they two, three, were two. one of the substack um uh, yeah. announcements. Um, yeah. um,
1: and I am going to say, and I'm not, I am a, I am a free subscriber of that one, um, but I'm going to say that that might be my favorite of the comic subsects right now, uh-huh. uh, because it, every one that gets sent out is a comic. Oh,
0: that's great. It is not cool.
1: someone writing about comics. It is not someone, uh, you know, going, well, if you, you know, if you go down to the comic store... On, Wednesday, on you know, Wednesday, you're getting the latest issue of this comic. Um, it is everyone that I've seen, or all the, all the free ones at least, have been comics. They, uh, they're essentially putting their diary comics out through the Substack. That's um, very and cool. And I've really, really been enjoying it. Uh, it is called "I'm Fine, I'm Fine, Just Understand." And if you're looking for them, it's I'm Fine, I'm Fine. dot com hmm. is where you, you can get them. Um, Mm -hmm. And for people who remember Noelle Stevenson's Diary Comics, um, uh, A, this is the same thing, but more so. And B, it's uh, it's kind of great in that it is... When they were working on those and when they're posting them on Tumblr and everything, they were of a mindset that was at once... uh, you know, curious and searching and ambivalent and ambiguous, but also, like, incredibly confident, right? Very much Mm -hmm. like, you know, but I can do this. And for one better way of putting it, all the confidence has been replaced by more ambiguity. And it makes them weirdly more compelling as Diary Comics to me. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. There's one from last week, which is about them talking about the fact that they don't really feel like they have a name anymore. Uh, the, the official credit is N.D. Stevenson, mm-hmm. um, but they they go through like the, basically how the relationship to the name Noel, um, mm-hmm. and how as they they um, as they basically like realize they were trans, how that doesn't. Work, but also how they have not been able to find a new name,
0: mm, mm-hmm.
1: having to know like what their name is now,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and it's just it's I find them really beautiful but really compelling comics,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yes, you're right. You know, on one hand, fuck Substack, on the other hand, that's a really good
0: Substack. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. I have to say, I would I would hunt that up. I uh, um you know, (laughs) ironic as listeners may know, I feel like it's a thing that we don't trumpet as much as we used to, but you know, we put 10% of our Patreon earnings, um, back into Patreon, into supporting other creators. And honestly, we're due for an adjustment. We're actually have been doing more than 10% for quite some time. Um, but it's, interesting it's sort of that i think is is very uh fun particularly seeing people like erica moen or lucy bellwood um who will put out little patreon posts that are very complete little things you know um erica's work has been to me really Um, is always really fun and engaging and I always enjoy it even when it's stuff that's like I am in a completely fucked up place please don't anyone talk to me look to look at me or reply to this in any way Um, but here's a couple of good jokes that I'm I've still got anyway up my sleeve Um, and I I I really appreciate those and I don't know why I can't make the jump from like oh that's a thing that I like and that's more or less what these sub stacks should be and that's why I should follow them, I guess. Um and I think I think maybe maybe N D. Stevenson's is the one that uh, the free one that I will sign up for. 'Cause I'm I'm on the free one for Tinian's Tiny Onion and um I mean I enjoy I enjoy it, but it's also like the internet equivalent of the Black Adam fandom promo trailer. You know, like it's very much Tinian writing in a very engaging way about how ambitious he is and how much he's working hard to set up a lot of synergy. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. The the um, the
1: free posts for Tinian. Uh, I think very much do fall into the promo.
0: Yeah, um, very much so. Promo balloon.
1: Like I follow the I, I paid for tenions, uh and I'm on the free for Andy Stevenson, uh, Kelly Thompson, Chipsidarski, the the Hickman three worlds thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and Adrian Adrian Toman. I was going to uh, say Toman. Adrian Toman, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, and Jeff Lamar. I'm literally looking down my list now. And Scott Snyder. Yeah, there you go. Um, wow. Okay, there you go. So I, I'm yeah. a bunch. I know. I I like the format a lot, mm-hmm. and I like the I like honestly that they comment my my inbox, and I can read them or not, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that you're subscribed, for example, to Chad Nevitt's newsletter, and mm-hmm. I really like that. You know, come Thursday, Chad will send something, and if I can't read it that day, I can just save it and read it the next day. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that is, that is a nice thing that differentiates it from something on social media or something on the internet where honestly I can very easily lose track of shit.
0: Right. Right. You know, well, unfortunately that's probably a more accurate description of my inbox. So um, it's probably easier for me to keep track of things on the internet, sadly. Um,
1: but it's, it's, I like the format. I do think that the Andy Stevenson one is, is really good. Uh, and so once again, as for your benefit, as much as anything, I'm fine. I'm fine.com.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In fact, hold on a second. I'm actually going to write that down because normally what happens is I do the show notes and, um, you know, (laughs) You mentioned 500 people and then I'm like, fuck, how do I have to, how is that spelled? And lots of internet searching and linking, but, but since this and then is you I'm email and I'm for... just
1: not on email on Sunday and then it, yeah, it just doesn't go and get answered. Anymore. Oh,
0: exactly. I mean, right. Exactly. I don't even do that anymore. I just keep internet searching. I don't even, or I just, I, I do something clever and gloss over it, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry, Graham. I I I realize that you you were not uh, you're not a valuable resource uh, past a certain point. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> Boo! Don't don't let me get away with that. That I suck. Just tell me that I suck for fuck's sake, Graham. That's <laughs> shame on you. Oh my goodness, um, dude, you know. Let me ask you, Graham. This is maybe the third or fourth, uh, maybe fifth episode that we have recorded since you got your new Mac, and we no longer have to stop recording after an hour. Do you find that it flies by faster, um, or is that yes. just me? Like, I, no, I'm no, like it,
1: without, without being having to be so aware of the time, mm-hmm. and without. Stopping an hour in because we have to like restart skype
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah it's it's kind of amazing also, I'm so surprised that it's actually my machine
0: yeah, I mean so it's so it appears to have been I mean who knows maybe it was some other thing that got cleaned up during the course of that, but I don't think so i think it i think it i think it genuinely sadly was your machine um but it's been two hours. I don't know if you want to wrap up if there are other things. I feel like there's some other stuff that I can be vaguely bitchy about or something that I can be... <laughs> um, okay,
1: can you be vaguely bitchy very quickly? Because I do think that two hours also feels like a long time to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, I think that's it. Oh, of course, I think I also feel like uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, now you tell me, because of course I'm like, if we don't We're do not, two hours, I'm always like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Let's let's uh, let's give people something to look forward to. I think, uh, which is to say, in two weeks, since next week is a skip week, and um, and yeah, let's. I, I think maybe move to the to the closing roundup thing, because uh, yeah, I don't think I if nothing else. I feel like I'm never going to quote unquote hit the heights that I hit of sort of um, sexily negging Scott Snyder. So, uh, you know, we should we should we should call it call it a night, I think.
1: there's going to be show notes for this episode including jeff sexley Neggies' cosnider some more up <laughs> at <Wait What> podcast <laughs> um, we have a twitter account at wait what podcast jeff has a twitter account at Lacy at l a z y b a s t i d and i have a twitter account at graham m g r a e m e m uh we also have a patreon account which means jeff is going to talk all about that right now
0: hey everyone uh so there's One thing that may or may not surprise you is how much after all the years that Graham and I have been uh, doing this, um, I still more or less mostly operate from a place of blind hysterical panic, uh, which, which is to say, like, he and I can talk about comics i can read comics and then sort of more or less make mouth noises about them which i think is in some cases a very charitable description uh but for example when it comes to talking about how awesome uh our listeners are and how much it means to kind of be able to have this conversation with my friend three weeks out of the month about comic books and everything else uh, and know that other people listen to it and enjoy it and get something out of it and feel like contributing to it by, you know, uh, tweeting at us or shooting us an email. For example, a very long email that I don't think either of us have responded to that has been sitting in our inbox for about two or three weeks. And I'm hugely sorry to the person but my point being i can't even name that person because i literally cannot bring myself to open up gmail or just i'm already nervously aflutter about all the time that i'm going to have to cut out of the podcast for the superman and authority uh interview quote hunting that up in real time i'm just i'm just in a state where it's cannot operate a google search and talk uh to graham at the same time and it's something believe me that i i tremendously uh envy graham about but that being said we have uh, you know a we have people who write us we're incredibly grateful even if we are just absolute shit at replying and keeping up our correspondence or at least i am is you know very busy so why yeah i'm
1: I'm even worse at keeping up correspondence
0: like i feel that
1: everyone knows that about me well i mean yes no no like really Uh, really, yeah really really bad
0: (laughs) right right
1: (laughs) should know that Uh, yeah for all the people that you'll correspondence to i owe correspondence like three times
0: oh yeah i it, it is true uh and so similarly the fine folks at patreon you throw us a little bit of your hard-earned dosh. We had a new patron this week. Um, and if I was on top of it, I would have written down their name and thanked them so that I can start thanking and greeting uh, new contributors. And at some point, we, you know, I think we promised you, way you back when that we Webb. would thank everyone. Eddie Webb, Jeff. Thank you, Graham. Thanks. I really appreciate you saying that
1: <laughs> well then we got their name in hi eddie
0: <laughs> <laughs> somehow the hi eddie makes it all worthwhile eddie thank you thank you all of our listeners uh thank you to the fine folks on patreon like eddie webb who throw us a little bit of their hard-earned dosh your hard-earned dosh it means the world to us it especially means the world to me when i spent um, maybe more money than I should have trying to buy incredibly ridiculous manga on uh, Bookwalker so that I can stump Graham in two weeks for the na- next wait what episode for another installment of my four manga because god damn it it's got to happen sooner or later but um, thank you special thanks to Empress Audrey Queen of the Galaxy for her ongoing support uh, of this podcast and of this little neck of the celestial realm we call Earth. Um, We are grateful, and I just wish I could sound like Lorne Green at the end of Battlestar Galactica to carry that off, because that would have been swell. Graham?
1: I love that that's where you went. Um, We are off next week. Uh, It is a skip week. Do you know why it's a skip week, whatnot? It's because it's Jeff's birthday on the 31st.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Jeff? Yep. Is a Halloween baby. I remind everyone of this every year. But this means hit up your social medias, hit up the Weight website. That just just wish Jeff a happy birthday. Just mm. let him know. Let mm. him know that you know a he's getting older, <laughs> and B, that you appreciate him even though he's getting older.
0: I I like the idea that it was going in a different direction. Let him know that he's getting older, he's getting slower, and you'd know where he lives. Like, do all of those things. Um, yeah. Thank you, Graham. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yes, let him know that you know where he lives. That's fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're back in two weeks uh, with a regular Weight Watch, and uh, on that one, Jeff, I do hope that we can talk about um, Denis Villeneuve's done as i've taken oh, calling it
0: yes yeah because uh, i haven't uh, watched it yet did you watch it i meant to ask yes you. yes shit i'm uh-huh. so glad i didn't ask okay good good, good. And I'm, okay i'm not yeah.
1: gonna say anything about it but i i'm
0: hoping the next episode we're going to be able to talk about it uh, you know what and, you know hmm? i was gonna say maybe we should see if chloe would be game for joining us and oh, we could I, talk I about done and she's... malignant yeah i know for the fact that she would love to
1: okay because right. um, before we even started recording She more or less was like I really hope Jeff hasn't seen the tune <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So that
1: She could come on the next episode and talk to you about it
0: Oh, that's great Okay, well this sounds like this will line up pretty well Let's see, unless things go wrong Maybe it's gonna be you, me, and Chloe Talking malignant dun And, uh, or dune And, uh, and a couple of uh, Other wacky things from there
1: we can, but hope. But yeah, that'll I will be I, uh, two weeks from now. Uh, next week, again, the 31st is Jeff Lester's birthday. Tell him you love him. Uh, and otherwise, bye!